Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Locked On Canadians. The Habs won a game, which is truly stunning, and yet somehow have still clinched last place in the NHL. Thank you very much, the Arizona Coyotes. We have all our reactions to that and more inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 604 of Locked on Canadians. And inside today's show, as we said, the Habs have finished in last place. They have clinched last place. There is no more needing to stress and to freak out and to do any of that. We will continue to do that on our show because that is our brand a little bit. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba, who is fresh off another wild episode of Game Over Montreal with Alice Moran and Andrew Berkshire. Laura, uh, the Habs won, which is potentially more stunning than anything else that has happened tonight. I, you know what? It seemed like we were never going to see another win again. But now the Canadians have won uh, in all the arenas for teams where Marty San Louis has played. So uh, he did see, he did allude to that in his post game. So, you know what? They gave him a little bit of, of, of positivity. Uh, and uh, Jeff Petrie and Mike Hoffman, when you want them to not do well, they are doing well. It feels like they can't get anything right. But honestly, I feel I feel great for both of them. I'm really happy that the Canadians did get a win. And I'm also happy that they locked in 32nd overall. I do think that that doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're going to get the first overall pick, obviously. But it's a step in the wrong right direction it, it it's a very weird feeling because like i don't think the habs played all that great tonight like I, every time i looked in they were doing something stupid and they only had like four shots in the second period and scored on one of them to tie the game like everything about it felt very stupid overall they did score all four of their goals at even strength which is actually truly impressive and like the possession numbers don't look terrible and i just look at this game and i go how did they win and then i looked at the rangers benched or didn't have any of their stars playing and i go okay so they beat a mostly like third string lineup congratulations but it's a feel-good kind of game jeff petrie had a really strong showing offensively and um there was a tweet going around i believe from habs links that it says he has 20 points in 29 games under Martin St. Louis after having six and 38 under Dominique Ducharme. That's a very big, crucial point here that I look at this and I go, it raises his trade value going into the off season, but it also kind of shows Gordon and Hughes that it's like, this is probably the guy you're going to get here. The actual Jeff Petrie. Yes. He might not be at his peak like he was in the past couple of years, but there's still value there. It's a, it was a value-boosting game, and Mike Hoffman down the stretch, for as much crap as we give him on this show, and we give him a lot of crap, which some of it is deserved, has also played well down the stretch in a bigger role because he's one of the few guys they have to play a bigger role, 
He got another goal tonight. And I look at this and I go, they won the game. They got some help from Arizona, which we will talk about in our next segment. We have a lot to discuss there. And they have the right guys doing the right things to boost their own value. And I'm going to be real honest. Even if Arizona didn't win tonight, I would have been perfectly fine with the Habs winning this game because it's not hard to feel good for guys like Petrie and other ones who have struggled through so much crap this year to finally have a good game. I'm not going to get upset about that. I love Jeff Petrie. That's not going to be a shock to anyone who's listened to the show or follows me on Twitter. But you know what? It's it's a nice feeling. Wins are nice, and there's only one game left on Friday. I got to say, you got to win it for Carey Price if he's playing. If you don't win it for Carey Price, then what the hell, guys? Like, seriously, what the hell are we even doing here? I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. And here's the thing is that there were a lot of people in the last few days that were kind of panicking about not getting the first overall. We did talk about it in our previous episode. Uh, But wins are fun. You know, it's nice to win, especially when it's a stupid win that you didn't even deserve against a team you dislike to snatch victory from something like that. Like, that makes me feel good. I enjoy that. The game itself was extremely boring. Like, it was not a good game. But the fact that they beat the Rangers, I enjoy the hell out of that. I will say, you know, that that tribute to Gila Fleur, like, Rangers, extremely shame on you. Like, (laughs) extremely, extremely extremely like a moment of silence is for other teams where he did not play where he was not a legend that belonged to you that was pitiful so here's the thing is i missed that because i was also covering the rocket game at the same time but the tribute was a five second moment of silence and that was it like he played for your goddamn team what like You're the New York Rangers. You are a storied NHL franchise. You're one of the original six. You play in the most famous arena in the world. The world's most famous arena. (laughs) That's what they say every time they play Madison Square Garden. Madison (laughs) Fart Garden, more like it. Anyways, just (laughs) what the hell is that? Like, like, put up a video, like three highlights. Just three highlights, <laughs> you know, like not nothing. Um, that was shameful and pitiful. And here's the thing. The Ottawa Senators did a better job of doing a tribute to Guy Lafleur than I, the I, New York Rangers. And that's the thing is it's like, I don't expect what like Montreal did. That would be far too much of me, but like I, that, that, that's, that's it. Like that. Come on, come on. And you know what? Good. I'm glad they beat the Rangers. I don't care that Kreider and Fox and Zabanajad and Pernarin and et cetera weren't playing tonight. It's nice to get a win. It's just nice to win one. And It's nice to win one. Sorry, I, I'm interrupting. It's nice to win one. It's nice for Hoffman and Jeff Petrie to raise their trade value. But also, it's nice for Nick Suzuki to have an opportunity to hit that 60-point plateau. Because it's apparently I, the first time in a million years that somebody's done that. <laughs> I that. I completely blanked on that too. That Suzuki, like there's a lot of good things out of this game here. Like I'm not, I I can't find it in my heart of hearts, especially because it's late at night when we were recording this to be mad about that game, whether Arizona won or lost because the having a rot of nine games in a row that you've lost sucks. It makes everyone miserable. Everyone's on edge and no one's happy less people are upset now. There's still people who are mad, but those people are going to stay mad no matter what. So it's nice to get a win. It's nice for it to coincide with what happened out West. 
And speaking of what happened out West, uh, it was a wild night in the Western Conference. And we're going to break this up a little bit into two segments here because there's a lot to talk about. But Arizona has allowed Montreal to lock up 32nd overall. We're going to talk about what that means for the Canadians and their offseason plans coming up next. But first, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair, and they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America whenever you shop with Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. And they are backed by over 150,000 five-star reviews. All right, so holy mother of merciful God, did the NHL just take the crazy dial and just crank that sucker up? They hit 10 and they went, nah, that's not enough. So they got the bigger knob next to it and just kept cranking that up until all of the insanity happened at one friggin' time. The Dallas Stars were up 3-0 on the Arizona Coyotes going into the third period. Where we're looking at it and going, well, Habs and Coyotes going to come right down to the wire last game of the year. They should probably lose against Florida just because. And then Dallas, Dallas super hard and blew a 3-0 lead. And Arizona won it in overtime, allowing Montreal to lock up uh, 32nd overall. And don't worry, we will get to Vegas and all of that in our next segment because that's a whole nother bit of fun uh, schadenfreude to dive into. But my first thought is, the Canadians now have the best overall odds at drafting Shane Wright. They are the first team in history to finish 32nd overall because obviously there were not 32 teams last year. They are one. I think they are the first team to go from the Stanley Cup final to potentially drafting first overall or finishing dead last in the league. And there are snarky comments from certain Toronto blogs going, oh, I hope they have a ceremony for it. One, maybe don't make a comment about ceremonies the week after a legend of the Canadians died just because you don't know how to stand on ceremony and honor anyone in your franchise. Sucks for you. Leave us alone. And also, you know what? Maybe we will. And maybe we'll have it against Toronto. Where we can raise a banner right next to the Stanley Cup ones, the ones you haven't seen since 1967, you pitiful ass franchise. That's besides the point right now. <laughs> They're picking for they're gonna pick in the top two. They're likely going to pick first overall with the draft in Montreal. They're gonna more than likely draft Shane Wright with that first overall pick. And yet I don't think it changes anything for this offseason. We we talked in our first segment about how good this was for Jeff Petrie and Mike Hoffman to have a strong end of their season that likely makes them easier to trade now. I'm still convinced that at least Petrie is leaving this offseason among other pieces, but now they're adding almost guaranteed Shane Wright, who fits the mold of what this team needs down the middle behind Nick Suzuki. With all due respect to Christian Dvorak, they never really gave him a defined role. Next year, if you're still rebuilding, you put Shane Wright in that 2C role. 
for the love of God, get him a good defensive winger and someone else like a go re-sign Arturi Lekkanen if you can. You know what? That'd be perfect. Bring bring my Finnish son back to me. But honestly, like as much as they're going to pick first overall potentially, I don't think this changes what their plan is here. I still think they're not going to be great next year, which is fine because Connor Bedard. But it's nice to know that the chance of getting a piece they desperately need is that much closer to the team. I agree. And here's the thing is that you know, we talk so much about how untalented the Canadians are, blah, 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 blah. But, and this is, like, extremely informed by the Game Over episode I was on with Alice Moran, who was an Oilers fan. And they had this, you know, they had this 10-year uh, misery era, um, you know, after going to the Stanley Cup final. And, and and I know, you know, it is entirely possible that the Canadians follow up their Stanley Cup final appearance, their fluke Stanley Cup final appearance. Well, fluke and earn it. I don't want, I don't want people arguing with me in the comments. Um, we are not going to relitigate that. But to follow it up with years and years of misery, the one difference is that Montreal has competent management. It's not going to be 10 years of misery, but it is going to be uncomfortable for a couple of years. And I, I think we should be prepared for that. It's not going to be amazing. It's not going to be an immediate turnaround. But every little positive thing that happens, like just think about when the Canadians hired San Louis. Just think about when Justin Barron played his first game and people realized he was better than expected. Just think about when Jordan Harris signed and showed up. Like all those little things, like we're going to be living moments like that before we can live playoff triumph and, you know, even making the playoffs. And that's perfectly fine with me. I will trade one or two years of pain for stable long-term success leading to a Stanley Cup or more in that time frame. Because here's the thing is, if you can, we've seen so many teams in Vegas is going through that now. And I know I keep bringing them up. They're going to be in our next segment here, but it's like they went for immediate results. And when you make short-sighted moves instead of long-term planning, your franchise struggles to find long-term success. You're as good as those short-sighted moves last you. And the minute they stop paying dividends, you end up in a real rough spot overall here. And I look at Montreal, and that's a lot of what Mark Bergevin did, maybe not last year, but definitely in this last offseason, it's all short-sighted plugins, And it didn't work. And now the franchise, he basically ran for a decade. Basically, he did run it for a decade. Is 32nd overall. They are in a very rough spot. Their cap's not great. There's a lot of work to be done, but that doesn't mean we still can't celebrate this, but the road ahead is not paved. It's not done yet. There are still unforeseen twists and turns. We don't know what's going on with carry price. We don't know what the trade market looks like. We don't know even if they are picking first overall, but at the same time, there's a, there is a way forward through this and it's going to be bumpy and it's going to be ugly, but you have to be prepared for that. The people who want this to be over and done with so the team can get back to winning, I have really bad news for you. It's not going to be that simple. And look at the Rangers. They ended up having a real rough ride through there. And as Andrew pointed out on Game Over is that they got bumped up in the draft twice and neither pick has fully kind of fleshed itself out. Surround your young guys here. It, it's going to be... It, there's going to be pain. You're going to see a lot of, you know, long time names likely leave in the next year to 18 months. And that's just part of it. 
But at the same time, I'm not fussed if I can see what the actual vision of this team is. And I think it's a lot of rebuilding. It's going to be a retooling and a reimagining of the Montreal Canadiens. And I think that's really important. And I trust Hughes and Gordon here. I mean, they haven't given me a reason not to. Everything they said they're going to do so far, they've done. They're like, we're going to move X, Y, and Z. And then we'll revisit this in the offseason. We're going to do right by these players. They're and doing they that. And that's and they it. They're, they're doing it. I and, feel comfortable with that. Right. And and the one important thing is before we, I know we're going to have to move on to the next segment. The one important thing is that even when they've been wrong, they have not been afraid to change their course and be transparent about it. For example, they said they didn't think that there needed to be a coaching change in Montreal until the end of the season. And then they're like, oh no, this can't continue this way. And they walked that back. They talked about it. They faced the media on it, and they made a decision that turned that 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 did. And we are going to talk about this in the off season once the game are over. We're gonna we're gonna do a comparison for the people that think that the Canadians didn't get better under Martin Saint Louis. Like, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, and I, you know, I I do appreciate that they have admitted when they what they were doing wasn't in the best interest of the team and changed their course. I appreciate that so much as a fan of this franchise. Yeah, and obviously with May 10th just around the corner, we will have a live show after that where we react to what is hopefully the Canadians getting the first overall pick. Like, there is uh, so much happening. Like Laura said in the last episode, the Rocket are in the playoffs. They lost again tonight. And quick uh, injury update, Lucas Videmo is out for seven months requiring hamstring surgery, which is a really unfortunate time for him. He will not be ready for next season at a time when I think he could have really earned a regular NHL role with this team. It's a, it's a tough break for him. It's a very big blow for the rocket who could have used his penalty killing prowess going into the playoffs, but such is life. We're going to have obviously draft profiles, draft experts, and so much more, especially once we know where the Canadians are picking, who we should be on the lookout for and so much else. But coming up in our last segment, uh, Arizona was not the only bit of insanity happening out on the West Coast tonight. We're talking Vegas again, and we're going to talk so much other nonsense happening on the league coming up next. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Get all the latest developments across the NBA playoffs, the start of the MLB season, the NHL playoffs coming up. There is something for everybody. And Bet Online is going to be your continued source for all your sports wagering info from live betting. To playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So I know we are not a Vegas Golden Knights podcast, but they keep popping up because if people enjoy their misery, and that people is me because I was cyberbullying their Twitter account tonight, and I don't regret any of it because their Twitter account sucks. The Vegas Golden Knights, for the first time in their history, have not qualified for the Stanley Cup playoffs. They were eliminated by the Arizona Coyotes and Dallas Stars going to overtime while they were in the middle of a shootout with the Chicago Blackhawks, a team who are, quite frankly, garbage in their own right. And to cap it all off, they lost in that shootout anyways, which is hilarious to me because they got eliminated and then the next shooter who went out there for Vegas, whether he knew or not, just kind of put this real half-assed effort into his shot, and that is how Vegas' season ended. With a goalie controversy, with Sabres fans dunking on them, 
with the entirety of Twitter, hockey Twitter dunking on them. I got to say, you know, I'm all for going for it and being that team. And I don't know at what point Vegas crossed the line from, haha, we're fun and spunky to, we're just annoying. Now, Carolina crossed that line uh, last year. The bunch of jerks then got tired real quickly here. Am I a bad person for enjoying the downfall of the Vegas Golden? Downfall. They didn't make the playoffs. My team finished 32nd, so I can't really talk crap about them right now. But, like, am I a garbage person for enjoying this as much as I am? If you are, then basically almost every other NHL fan is a garbage person. Here's the thing is I think one of the things is that, you know, the first year everybody made fun of them and and what they did with that expansion draft. And it turned out that they made some smart decisions, right? And everybody was like, oh, they went to the Stanley Cup final in their first year. And that was fantastic, right? It was a great story. It was feel good. And then they started treating people like crap, starting with their, um, you know, with their coach when they fired Gallant, like they hired somebody who wasn't better than him. Right. That was the thing is that they fired somebody who like when somebody became available that has not seen the success that you want. Right. At other franchises. So that to me was like, you know, it it seemed like a stupid decision, but whatever. Right. They were still the fun new franchise with like really gaudy pregame ceremonies and things like I love that stuff. Here's the thing. It's like it's tacky as all hell. But that's Vegas and it fit, right? It fits. It, it, it's, it's very much like that. It would be like, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to, um, you know, it would be like, for example, um, if the Toronto Maple Leafs before every game went up 3-1 and then they lost <laughs> and then that was like, that was their pregame ceremony each time, right? Like that's how fitting it would be. Um, you know, and so that nights and, and the fireworks and the loudness and the, all of that, it's like, it's like Tampa and the Tesla coil, right? Like it's gaudy, it's tacky, it's, you know, but it's, it it's Vegas. It's it shiny, fits, right? it's dumb, and it doesn't make sense anywhere else in the world except for there. Right, exactly. But then they became this franchise that literally was treating players like objects and like, you know, like a Tetris of of, you know, you're, you're discarding this one guy to bring in this other guy or to elevate this other guy all in the name of singular winning, right? There was like the cap circumvention that they were doing that we were all complaining about when it was Tampa, but then we looked at Vegas and it's like they had like, I don't know how many million above the cap. So like once they started not, it's not even that they played outside the rules because for me, the rules exist. If, if you can break them in such a way that doesn't harm people, go ahead, right? If you can circumvent the cap, go ahead smart you know do it whatever you win that's fine but then what what, why are you making that face i am looking at vegas's cap friendly right now they are 10 million dollars over the cap right now oh my god hold on i want to see what i want to see what they look like next year what is their projected cap hit now they're still over the cap for next season Fantastic. So now all these other NHL teams are going to be able to feast on that carcass, right? But basically, and then, you know, the whole Marc-Andre Fleury thing and the Dodano, all of that stuff, it all adds up to a team that is so singularly focused on winning and they haven't even won yet that they discard people. And I just, I think that's why people don't like it, right? Like, 
you can talk about how their fans act like they haven't been here before, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that stuff. Go nuts. Have fun. I love fan stuff. But just the franchise just gives me that icky feeling now. And it's like, I just, I feel like, yes, every fan wants to win, right? I, I want the Montreal Canadiens to win, but not at such a high human cost is, is where I stand. It's like we talked about in our other in our show yesterday is that they just throw people out for the shiny new toy. And it's like Jack Eichel makes $10 million until 2027. Mark Stone is making 9.5 past 2027. Max Pacioretty makes $7 million for two more years. William Carlson makes 5.9 past 2027. Jonathan Marchessault makes $5 million for the next two seasons after this. Alex Petrangelo is making 8.8 past that. Zach Whitecloud makes 2.75 starting next year and going past 2027. Like they're so intent on making this team work that they spent all this money on pieces. And now in that same time frame, they have pissed off their starting goalie, which is a real bad thing. They are still over the cap. They're going to have a bunch of guys who are leaving in UFA and RFA here that played key roles on their team and they're capped out. They don't have any cap space, and now they're going to have to jettison more assets they built around and try to fix all this, and they can't just call up you know, some of their prospects. You know why? Because they traded all of them for some of these big names. It's like I'm looking at their uh, prospects here, and it's like there's some decent names here, but there's no one that's going to make a big difference for them next year. Or if they do, they're not going to be a guaranteed hit. This team is a story of Icarus. They wanted to keep getting as close to the sun as they can, but then they flew too close to Philip Deneau and Dominique Ducharme fell into Shea Weber's Minotaur pit, and now they're paying the consequences. It's always great to go for it. I, I encourage teams to be like all gas, no breaks, because it's fun as hell. I love watching it happen, but this is also a cautionary tale is that you have to be smart about it. That's not saying you need to be Ken Holland who went, well, it's not really the time to go for it. You have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. You should be doing what Vegas is doing and getting it before both of those guys are sick and tired of losing and jettison out of there. Vegas is in for a rude awakening. They might bounce back next year once they're all healthy, but they're over the cap. Their starting goalie has real bad vibes. Their coach, I don't think, has been very good for a couple of years, but his roster's been so good they could not fail. They are at a crossroads now, and I, it feels weird to say that, what, four or five years into their existence, but this is where you're at. Welcome to the muck. You are now like the rest of us. You don't get to win all the time, and guess what? You got to figure out what to do now. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pretty. And no one said it was. And this isn't to throw shade at their fans or anything like that. I just want to see their Twitter account tweet through it because I am a garbage human being. So I am I am very excited. The playoffs are here. Vegas is not in them. The Canadians have the best shot at first overall. It's been a wild week and it's not over yet. There is one Habs game left. They play Friday. Carey Price is potentially expected to start. We will have news on his uh, meet, uh, injury checkup, whatever he had in New York on tomorrow's episode. It's also our mailbag. So please 
Send us the last mailbag of the regular season at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick, myself at Scott Matla. Please subscribe on YouTube. We'd love you forever if you would do that. And please, when you're done here, check out Lockdown NHL, where you can get news and updates from all of our local hosts on everything happening around the NHL. We will see you for the mailbag, and then we will see you all after that.